Hello and welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast. Coming to you from the Tabernacle of Praise Church International, headquartered in York, South Carolina, where our founder and overseer is Bishop Alfred Jackson. Copies of the message from this broadcast can be purchased at our headquarters in Monrovia at the Hope of Praise Church in Numatadia States, where Jackson G. Weah is pastor. We would love to hear from you, so write to us here in America at 229 Wood Street, York, South Carolina, 29745, or email us at tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day. Yes. Yes, the Lord is good. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord, for who you are. One of the reasons it's so critical for us to share the gospel is so that people will know who our God is. Because a lot of people don't know who God is. Amen. So this is not just for us to worship him, but it's critical, it is critical for us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to others, that they too may know who God is. Psalm 78, Psalm 78. One of the things that I appreciate about the Lord in this, in this ministry is the way he orchestrates things. And I said this before with Sister Smalls that I most of the time never communicated to her what I was going to preach. But somehow or another, the Lord always connected us in the spirit. And you'll see from the message this morning, and I didn't communicate with Brother Simon what I was going to preach. But you see how the Holy Ghost orchestrates things. Psalm 78. Verse 1, O oh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter hidden things, things from of old. What we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord his power, and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Faith. It's generational. It's generational. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. And I thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. 
It's in the precious and the miraculous name of Jesus that we pray and we thank you. Amen. 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 We worship you from generation to generation. Yeah, and that is the way that it is supposed to be. There are a lot of things that are generational. If you can look in your family history and you can see some of the same behavior down through the ages, whether it's good or bad, you can see some generational things going on. But I don't want to just deal with the negative thing today. I want us to talk about faith. I will not be before you long, so you need to pay close attention. I promise you today that I'm not going to be long. Amen. I'm going to keep my promise. But I want us to understand some things. I want us to, I want us to hear. I want us to hear some things about faith and how critical it is for us to understand that faith is intended to be generational, which means that we communicate it from one generation to the next generation. So God intends for believers in each generation to transmit the faith. I'm not, I'm not speaking of my personal faith now. I'm not speaking of my belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. My belief in the Lord Jesus Christ is based upon the faith and the truth that is communicated in the Word of God. Okay, so we, we, it's important that we understand because sometimes when people start sharing their faith, they're relating to personal experiences with the Lord, which is good, okay? But my personal faith is based upon what is taught in the Word of God. So then my personal faith has to go beyond my experience, and my personal faith has to be based upon the Holy Scriptures, so that means that as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I need to be rooted and grounded in the Scriptures. I need to be studying the Scriptures and correctly, correctly interpreting, correctly understanding what the Word of the Lord says so that I am communicating the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the faith that is communicated to us in the Scriptures. Because somewhere along the way, my personal experience may veer a little bit from what the Bible teaches. So in order to keep me safe, I stay in the Scriptures. I may have an experience. I may have a dream. And I may dream that I went to hell and I had a revelation of hell. And I come back and I start telling it. But when I go to the Scripture and I read the Scripture... I'll see that there is a difference, that, that the Scripture plainly teaches that there is a gulf that is fixed and nobody can cross over. Uh, yeah, so, so when I have a personal experience, I have to be careful that I communicate that as a personal experience and not a doctrine that's based upon Scripture. So I need to be rooted and grounded in the faith, in the faith, amen, so that I can communicate this correctly to the next generation. Amen? Uh, 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 transmitting the faith does not happen by osmosis. Amen? Which means that it's not going to be automatically transmitted just because I rub up against you. All right? Something else might happen if I rub up against you, but it won't be transmitting the faith. Are you understanding me? It doesn't happen by osmosis. Transmitting the faith has to be deliberate. Somebody say deliberate. 
All of us know what deliberate means. You know, you say you deliberately did that to me. That means that you intended to do it. You set out with the intention of doing something specific to me. All right. So transmitting the faith has to be deliberate. It has to be deliberate. Amen. So that means that each one of us who claims Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord has to deliberately, amen, transmit uh, uh, the faith that we have received to other people that we come in contact with. And in particular, in particular, somebody say in particular, the next generation. All right, the next generation. So when I think about the next generation, I look at people my age, all right, the next generation, I share with you Sunday, a generation is usually about a 40 years, 40 years. Um, so anybody that's 40 years and over in here, stand up. Anybody that's between 40 and 60, stand up. Oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. Anybody that's 40, 40 between 20 and 40, sit down. Y'all sit down. Anybody between 20 and 40, stand up. All right. So that means that people in my generation should be transmitting the faith to this generation. This is another generation between 20 and 40. We should be transmitting the faith to this generation. Now, everybody that's between 1 and 20 stand up in here. Amen? So everybody, now there's not a whole lot of them in here, but there's a whole lot to be come in contact with in the world. How many of you have people in your family between 1 and 20? So that means that we have a responsibility to be communicating, and especially the generation between between 20 and 40, because this is normally, you know, me and my wife got married older, so, you know, we're older parents. But normally, normally people between the ages of, of, of 20 and 40 have children that's under 20 years of age. And so you're supposed to be communicating the faith to this generation. From generation, you can sit down, from generation to generation. And it has to be deliberate. It has to be deliberate that every one of us who claim Jesus as Savior and Lord, every one of us, not just a preacher, not just a Sunday school teacher, but every one of us who has claimed Jesus, that means that every one of us who has said, Lord Jesus, come into my life, be my Savior and my Lord, and we have gone through the rite of water baptism, which means that we are now Christian, we should be transmitting the faith to the generation that's coming behind us. And it has to be Deliberate. It has to be deliberate. Which means then that we must be deliberately learning the faith. It, has, it means that, that you and I must be deliberately learning the faith. And every time I say to you, when there is a teaching opportunity, when there is a learning opportunity, then you need to find yourself here. You need to find yourself sitting under the teaching. You need to find yourself sitting under the preaching. You need to be taking notes. And you need to be going back, studying what you have learned, all right? Because you are, you are a deliberate learner, and you are never going to remember everything that's said across this pulpit. It means you got to go back and study. You got to study. You got to study. You got to study so that you can fulfill your responsibility to God to communicate, to transmit the faith to the next generation. This is, this is critical. This is critical. This is critical because for the most part, the faith has not been transmitted across the board to, ne to, the, to the next generations. 
That's why we have all of the issues and problems we have in people's lives today. Among Christians. We're not even getting into the world, but among Christians. Because the faith is not being transmitted. And sometimes when the faith is not, is being transmitted, it's being rejected by some people in the faith. So, 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 you know, and I was sharing in our class in, with my ministers last week. I think I said this as a minister. Maybe I said this in, in the sanctuary. Whenever the Bible says take heed, the proof that it doesn't mean just listen. The proof that you have heard is that you do what's been taught. A lot of times we're not doing what's been taught, which means that we are rejecting the teaching. We're not, even, we're not even filing it to come back to it at a later date. Because a lot of times we don't ever come back to what's been taught. I want y'all to follow me now. Is this helping anybody? Mm. So we have to deliberately, somebody say deliberately. Deliberately pass on this faith, the Christian faith, all right? We have to deliberately pass on the faith, the faith that is communicated in the Bible to the next generation. Now, of course, we deal with the fact that, you know, we live in a time of a questioning generation. Well, part of the reason our young people question so much, part of the reason, is that sometimes we're not, we're not, we're not effectively communicating the faith. Listen to me, everybody, every adult sitting here who has children. It is critical. We're gonna, if you're married, you're going to have conflict. All right. But when you have conflict, your children have to see you repenting. Your children have to see you apologizing. Your children have to see you saying that this is not the will of God. The will of God is according to the Bible because we are communicating the faith. You can't say, you cannot, you cannot consciously communicate the faith when you're constantly mad at and angry and fussing with your spouse. There has, if, the, if, if, if the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost and the peace of God that passes all, all understanding is keeping your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus, somewhere in that relationship with your husband or your wife, the peace of God should be ruling in your heart and you'll shut your mouth and you'll pray and you'll forgive and you'll have peace in your house. Amen. Whether you agree with it or not, and really, I'm not here for you to agree with me. I'm just here to speak the truth to you. Amen. Amen. So you can't be mad at your spouse for 10 years and never forgive them. All right? And so, even if you're going through now, well, I shouldn't have married this person. You chose them. And let me just deal with this right here and right now. Because you stood in front of a judge, or you stood in front of a pastor, you stood in front of somebody and said, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, for richer or for poorer, until death do us part. Now, so, so what you got to do? You got to deal with your mess. And you might have made a mess. But you got to deal with your mess. And guess what? The Holy Ghost will help you deal with your mess if you will shut your mouth. And if you will pray and you will seek God, the Holy Ghost will change him or change her. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 
But see, the thing about it is, you got to want the Holy Ghost to change the person. Or you got to want to be changed. For the sake of the faith. For the sake of the faith. Stop going around talking about what you can't do. No, in and of yourself, you can't do it. But that's why you have the paraclete, which is the helper. And, and I told you last Sunday, Father, please forgive me if I told these people I promised I wouldn't keep them long because I might have to, <laughs> I, I might have to keep them a little bit long today. <laughs> and, I told, and I told you last Sunday, you didn't get the message last Sunday, you need to get that message. Because that message, that message will help you. It will help you. Oh, yes, Lord, it will help you. You're the helper. Wives, you are the closest thing to the Holy Ghost because, because God said to Adam, God said to Adam, I'm going to make you a helper. I'm going to give you a helper. And sometimes men need help. Amen. We need help. Yeah. Now we're supposed to be the provider. We're supposed to be the strong one. You know, we're supposed to be all this. But God created woman to be our helper. And sometimes you see things that we don't see, you know. And uh, sometimes you hear things that we don't hear, you know. And, of course, you know, we're supposed to dwell with our wives according to knowledge. But a lot of times women tend to grow closer to God than men do faster. But once you get a man that grows close to God and begin to hearing God, begin hearing God and begin praying, then you got something. You got somebody that's going to love you as Christ loved the church and as Christ gave himself for it. So it's worth all of the hell you think you went through to get to a husband that loves you like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. For the sake of that we have to transmit to our next generation. A lot of young people have problems in marriage and, and I, I, know, I know I'm in the house, but I'm not saying this to be offensive. A lot of young people have problems in marriage because of their parents. They never saw their parents reconcile. They never saw their parents work stuff out. They grew up with fussing and fighting in the house, and that's all they know. They grew up with mama running stuff. They grew up with mama running off at the mouth all the time. Mama running down the, the man all the time. So they think that they need to run down their husband all the time. I know some of y'all ain't going to like this, but I'm just, I got to tell you the truth. For the sake of the faith, for the sake of the faith, read your Bible. Sarah called Abraham Lord. I ain't going to call no man Lord. Read your Bible. It meant that the woman was submitted to her husband. And the Bible teaches us that the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the believing wife. And the Bible also says something to the effect that uh, uh, by your quiet and your reverent behavior, you might win the husband. He didn't say you run through the house like a raging wolf. For the sake of the faith. Let me tell you something. There's not a couple in here that could not at some point or another, including me and my wife, could have ended up in divorce court. There's not a couple in here that's married that could not have ended up in divorce court. You have to make up your mind that you're going to accept some things. You're going to pray about some things. You're going to wait for God to change some things. Amen. I am not a perfect husband. Amen, Walls. Amen. 
No, you get mad at your wife and talk about how bad your wife is. You need to look at yourself. You get mad at your husband and talk about how bad your husband is. You need to look at yourself and say, all of us are a work in progress. For the sake of that we can communicate to successive generations. So now I can sit down with my son and say, son, this is the way you treat a lady. When my son gets married, I can say, okay, now, son, you may, you may get upset with your wife about this, but this is how you deal with this. And my wife can sit down with my son and say the same thing. And prayerfully, he'll marry a lady who's also got a saved mama. Let me tell you something. I told you all about being unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You need help. You can go out here and get hooked up with somebody who doesn't love the Lord if you want to. Their parents don't love the Lord. You, ain't having, you don't have any help. Y'all can listen if you want to. Let your flesh get the best of you if you want to. You're going to need some help along this way. So, so there, 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 is, there is the next generation that we have to be concerned about. It's not just for this, 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 this that I'm teaching, this that I've given my life to, it's not solely for me. Yeah, I said to you this morning, I didn't come here for you. A part of the reason I came was to preach to you. But every time I preach, I preach to myself before I preach to you. Are you hearing me? When I'm preparing a message, I'm preaching to myself. When I'm reviewing that message, I'm preaching to myself. I am hearing the message four or five times before you ever hear it. Glory to God. So when I come to worship, I come to worship. I don't know, sometimes y'all seem like y'all dead. You don't want to worship the Lord. That's okay. Be dead if you want to. I'm not going to be dead. I'm just going to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Because the Lord has been good to me. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but, but in the midst of doing that, in the midst of doing that, I'm also communicating something to somebody else. Amen. Amen. I was listening to Elder Hoskins as he was exhorting, and I said to the minister some time ago, and I had ne never thought about it anymore, uh, I said, don't go and try to pump the people up. I said, you just praise the Lord. You just worship the Lord. And so I was listening to him as he was exhorting you all earlier, and he never said that y'all ought to do this, y'all. He just started exhorting the Lord and talking about how good the Lord is and how holy the Lord was, and after a while, folk just started coming in. And that's how you do it, you know. Praise team, y'all can learn this. You know, don't get up and try to lead praise and worship so you can pump the people up. You just get up and worship the Lord. Just worship the Lord. If nobody else is worshiping the Lord, you just worship the Lord. If it's just four y'all up here, y'all have a glorious time worshiping the Lord. Amen? Yeah, yeah. So when, when, when we look at this thing about communicating the faith, and we study the scriptures, we see that at various points um, in the journey of the Hebrew people from, from Egypt, and I can go through a whole list of things, and uh, excuse me, I won't go through that right now, but we see how God instructed them at certain points to set up monuments. When they crossed in, in Exodus, in Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, when they crossed the Jordan, all right, and went into the promised land. When they crossed the Jordan, God had instructed Joshua, tell the men, tell the, the priests to take up, the elders, take up 12 stones.
from the river and set them up as a monument so that when your children ask you, so that when your children ask you, so that when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them about the God that brought you out of Egypt and brought you into the promised land. So the monument was a way of setting up an opportunity for the faith to be communicated to the next generation. This is critical. Paul said to Timothy, he said, the things I've taught you, and you teach it to other faithful men so that they can teach it to others. This is important. You're worried about, you know, whether you're, going, whether you're going to be an effective witness to somebody. Communicate the faith. Communicate the faith to somebody. Make it your business that you're going to find somebody of a younger generation and begin to communicate the faith to them. All right? In this particular psalm that the Lord has given us, we, it gives us a sketch of, of, of Hebrew history leading up to King David. The psalmist calls on the whole Jewish nation to listen to him. Uh, he says, he says, um, he says, oh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the, vo- to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter hidden things, things from, I'm about to tell you something. Listen to me. This is what he said. I'm about to tell you some stuff from our history. I'm about to relate some things from our history to you. You need to listen to me, okay? So he calls on the whole Jewish nation to listen to him while he sets before him how Jehovah God has dealt with their ancestors and their conduct toward him. When you read the psalm, you're going to read a whole lot of this, so go back and read it. And he charges them, he charges them to impart that same information to their children. Amen? In order, uh, glory to God, so that their children could communicate it to successive generations. And it could go on into posterity. Are you listening? Amen? Amen. They had an obligation. They had an obligation. And, and he goes on to say that, um, and, and he talks about the good and the evil that they did and how they related to God. And he goes on to say that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and not, may not, might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their hearts aright, whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Whoo. Listen to what he said. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you some things. So, so in this telling, we have to be real with our young people and say there are some of us that didn't have our hearts right. There are some of us in our generation that didn't set our hearts on God. There's some of us in our generation that in our stubbornness and our rebelliousness, we turned away from God. Because, see, what young people will do is they'll look at other people in church and they'll say, well, that person's not doing right, that person's not doing right, then everybody's not doing right. That does not negate the holiness of God. That does not negate, negate the righteousness of God and the righteous requirements of God. God's standards are God's standards regardless of who is doing them. Because ultimately, in the end, you will stand before God. You're not going to stand before me. You're not going to stand before any other person. You're going to stand before God. So you want your, your life to be right with God. 
You want your children's lives to be right with God. You want your children to adopt God's standard. You want young people, teenagers, we want you to adopt God's standard. Oh, yeah, a lot of us have messed up. You don't have to mess up because we messed up. Are you listening to me? You make a choice every day you live. You make a choice every day you live. So you got to choose to do what's right. You got to choose to trust God. You have to choose, you have to choose to accept his help. You got to choose to flee the devil that he might, to run from the devil, to resist the devil that he will flee from you. You got to choose it. Are y'all listening? It's so easy to conform to be like the world. It's so easy to accept the world's standard. It is easy to accept what you are feeling. Listen to me. It is easy to accept what you're feeling in your body and say, this is the way God created me, so I must submit to the way I'm feeling. It is more difficult to resist the temptation to accept the way you're feeling and yield to God. But when you accept what God says and you yield to God, you have a helper that will bring you through and bring you out. Amen. So, so, so there are some things. Let me, let me rush on. There are some things that we must do. If we are going to make sure that this faith continues generationally, there are some things that we have to do. And I'm, I'm going to use some, hopefully some visual images that, that's going to help you see this. Because you're not going to remember everything I'm telling you today. And most of y'all are not going to buy the tape and not going to the CD and not going to go back and listen to it. I know you're not.